It's The Dregs, episode 22, if you believe it. I'm Aaron of the Cascadian Beer Podcast, along with Luke from Van Boers. Hey. And Chris from Van Boers. Howdy, howdy. And here we are, fellas. End of another year. And, you know, it is, it's, it's always interesting times, but lots of things happening, lots of things to recap. It seems like ages ago since we were drinking in the park, but here we are virtually making this happen. I feel like our cadence for these podcasts now is similar to my similar to my work budget forecasting quarterly. <laughs> and it's been so long since we recorded this that Chris doesn't realize he needs to lean into his mic so we can hear him. But it wasn't a very funny joke anyways. So <laughs> probably for the best. Yeah, that's it's pretty nuts. So that we've this is number 22, though. Yeah. That's crazy because it feels like we just started this. And I mean, although it is very casual. Emphasis on very, yeah. Casual, dude. I'm wearing a suit and tie over here. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Chris is all prepped because he could be dashing off any minute now, but we'll get into that in a bit. But we have some beer industry news, Chris, that you want to recap. The BCA, man, I don't, am I drunk? <laughs> BCBA. <laughs> just, just rewind that. I'll handle the sound effects here, Aaron, just uh, helping with your editing process. Yeah, the BCBAs, yeah, it's it's been a minute. Yeah, we haven't caught up in in a couple of months now, but it was a busy fall there, beer event-wise for us. Yeah, it'd been a while since the last BC Beer Awards, and I got to say they stuck with the format that people seemed to love last time, which was the tall can format, actually letting the people involved in the industry that are there up for awards, putting in the, the blood, sweat, and tears into making some awesome beers and and great tasting room experiences for us British Columbians. They actually get to enjoy and and drink their their fellow breweries beers and and just enjoy hopefully winning some awards and just hanging out with some cool people. So it seemed like that format was, you know, still uh still a hit. Lots of awesome beers to be had. The list was very lengthy and I, I was a big fan of the lager list that they had going on there. It is definitely a style that seems to be back strong. We've shared our love of the Crispy Boys many in many occasions. You can refer to the last episode for my detailed notes on one certain Crispy Boy. Yeah, and basically any episode that we've had in the park, especially that epic one when we were in QE Park two summers ago. Yeah, we were feeling not so crisp after that one, but that um, was like like that was Canada Day two summers ago, right? Yeah, it was. It's been a minute since the park shenanigans, yeah. but one of the styles that was was really out there in full force was the Oktoberfest fest beer styles at the BCBAs, which is the season. Tis the season, and one of my favorite styles, like ha- hands down, takes the crispy boy up a up a notch, adds a, adds a little je ne sais quoi. And Moody Ales, actually, their Oktoberfest took home the Judges' Choice Award. So shout out to Moody Ales. One of the the highlights, though, for me, for sure, was standing up front with, with the guys from Twin City, our buddy Corey Bratter. You know him well. A listener of the pod, shout out Corey. Twin City Brewing took home Brewery of the Year. Give it up to those guys. They're absolutely, absolutely killing it. Also a fellow Aaron there at uh, Twin City as well, their owner Aaron. So, oh. Gotta love the Aaron love. And then Aaron's, we stick together. <laughs> no ease. <laughs> and then Vancouver Island, they just kept it going. Rookie of the year goes to Swift Brewing. Shout out Swift Brewing. And now they are in 
Now, Aaron, you, you, you know Victoria probably better than Luke and I do, but I mm-hmm. believe they are like adjacent to Canoe, like the old Canoe right. Brew Pub. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. I have not been to Swift I, uh, and I have not been to Victoria in a while. So oh, okay. we'll, definitely need, we'll definitely need to check <laughs> that out. But yes, I am very familiar with Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did a quick little Google search and they are they are because I mean, honestly, they won Rookie of the Year, and like I did not know really anything about Swift Brewing. I do remember when they were like announcing it was coming out. They have a very cool like that seventies like basement, like that seventies show like basement room, chic kind of vibe going on in their tasting room. It's it's very nostalgic, but cool to see that they won. And then Small Gods Brewing has been making some waves. They've been coming out with some really really cool beers, and they won Innovator of the Year. So keeping it going for the island folk. Sticking with Victoria, one of the OG beers that probably got a ton of us into craft beer, Hoyn Dark Matter, they won Best in Show. Well, it's the best beer. I mean, I've had a couple on tap Mm -hmm. in the fall and like it hits every time. Well, I do believe in my episode that I did with uh, Hoyn, they said that they sell more Dark Matter in the summer than they do the winter. Why is that? People just got the taste for it in summer, I guess. But also like... It's kind of the only dark beer that's year round, really, if you that's like, true. really think about it. So that's it's true, not yeah. a seasonal for them. It's just like it's mainstay. Yeah, it's 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 a solid one. So shout out to Hoyne for taking home that award. And I mean, the, my favorite thing about BC Beer Awards, like the awards are great, obviously, but it's just the fact that you're getting all these friendly faces and awesome people together in one spot. And some of these folks you haven't seen for maybe a year, maybe a few months. So just catching up with a lot of other industry folks and and beer media. And this year, our good friend, Tim LaHaye from The Barley Merchant, he was actually doing the catering for the event. So that was was, pretty cool to see. That must have been pretty badass then. I mean, it was awesome. They had lots of like, they had mac and cheese, they had sliders, they had a bunch of different things and they made it super easy because like the one thing when you're at an event like this and you've had a few beers, you're starting to get a little hangry as one does in the past, like, you know, you order from a food truck and then like everybody's got the same idea as you. And, you know, obviously it's going to take them a while to make food for like a hundred people standing in line. So it's not that efficient, but they had it figured out over at the Barley Merchant. They had the production line just humming along, had everything ready to go. You drop off a beer token in exchange for one small kind of like appetizer size food item. So it was, it was just like thought out, perfectly didn't have to wait a ton of time for food and yeah just cool to see that they were catering and i went up to tim i was like hey i didn't know you guys were catering we were doing our little media tour and he's like basically was like yeah i didn't really know we were either until we got asked so they just started (laughs) doing some some catering gigs and he seemed a little nervous like just at how big of an event it was it was definitely by far their biggest catering gig they've had but it's a room full of like friends and (laughs) business associates and everything else like you know if that's your first dance yeah i bet he was sweating bullets there for a bit right it was it was definitely their big dance but yeah you know awesome to see them spraying their wings and doing some some big catering gigs and yeah we got to catch up with from from alex from from abc nick thirsty beer explorer Lori, van city growler girl so many people mike mike cansley who's now in in the canning business running his running his shop over there yeah just so many people and the the like four or five hours you're there I, you know you, on paper it looks like it's a long time but 
it flies by. Next thing you know, you're half drunk, taking taking the transit home and being like, damn, that went by too fast. So mm-hmm. yeah, can't wait for, for 2024. That sounds like a fun time. Apologies to everybody that I missed it this year. And then I'm also disappointed because it was recently announced the Croatian Cultural Center is no longer doing rental events. So wait, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So what it's going to be going to be very interesting to see where next year's awards are going to be and and all the other events like there's so many events that happen there yeah so it's like a perfect um, space for event did they say why they're not doing it no it's just yeah no it was recently announced they are no longer in the event rental business at the croatian cultural center the cultural center is still going to remain there they're just not doing events there anymore yeah yeah i didn't know that well, with all those beers listed, are you drinking a beer that you picked up on from the awards or something else there, Chris? Well, I did mention Fest beers. And while I was at the BCBAs, one of the favorite beers I had was Lupolo's Fest beer. I mean, we know that they have a excellent lager game over there. Oh, yeah. So I and am... an excellent pizza game, too. This so. is facts, spitting facts. So I picked up a beer from Lupolo, not one of their lagers, but I picked up the Red Ale the gold medal deer Northwest red ale to be more specific. And I, th- I figured that I was trying to think of like Christmas theme kind of beers, but I was like, well, I got to drive later tonight. I can't drink like a Imperial stout probably or something of that, that nature. So I picked the beer that had a deer on it and it was red. So it just was like the closest thing to Rudolph I could get. And I figured it was on theme. <laughs> nice. Let's, let's see that label. Hold that up before we kick it to Luke. Not a lot of people making red ales anymore. Got to say, so when I see a red ale, I try it and this is hidden. Okay. Luke, what are you enjoying? Well, my current life situation. Oh shit, this is getting emotional. We're (laughs) just running between two places of living. So we're still renovating our condo. I'm sure I touched on this like 50 years ago in one of the last podcasts we did. But I didn't really have time to pick up anything. But there is a we're staying at my in-laws here and there is a little bar fridge in the back room. And I fished out a, a Backroads First Descent Northwest IPA out of there. So that, that was <laughs> okay, actually okay, it. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say like you, you got some bathtub wine or something. And then this guy <laughs> comes up with this just like super specific unique like seasonal yeah it's not molson select or something well yeah Yeah, i was thinking like labat blue or something well i'm not totally sure if this is one of their like mainstays but i picked it up i guess in like september when we were up in asoyas because they have a brewery there now so Backroads, i believe is out of nelson yeah so had had a few cans and one of them kind of got pushed into the back behind some other some other beers that i didn't want to grab today i think there were a couple dead frog was it the warheads in there as well uh, no Good no beer, shade but, to but those but I, uh, I don't think i want to it's like a that's like a bottle of wine to yourself Exactly. So I, I think I, <laughs> I didn't want to do one of those tonight. So I, I reached for this, but it's good. It's held up good and tasty and definitely glad I grabbed it. Yeah. You said that that was pushed to the back of the fridge. I certainly hope that your father-in-law didn't do that on purpose and was saving that for like Christmas day or something. Right. You guys, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> this is a safe There's just like a sticky note on the front. It's just like, do not touch. <laughs> <laughs> do not open till Christmas. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Aaron, what are you drinking over there, man? I have Athletic Brewing's winter ale this year called Lodge Life. And holy moly, this is fantastic. It literally tastes like s'mores fresh off a campfire. Nice. That is how I can describe this thing. That dark, 
roasty tones, lots of vanilla, cinnamon, and a, a little smoky. And yep. it definitely finishes with a marshmallow. Like it is. And so burns good. the roof of your mouth. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So this is like the best kind ever is I'm getting, getting, getting all the, the s'more goodness without the third degree burns on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> that is like childhood to a T. Like it, there, it was impossible to like, I, I was always so impatient making s'mores that I would just put it way too close to the flame and then just burn it and then be like, ah, I wrecked it. And then I'd eat it. And then anyways. you tried to spit it out and it was still hot. So it just like burned your chin. Too. Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. And then like the, the sticky fingers that you're camping and then they just get covered in dust and you got like pine needles stuck to them and or you wake up with ants on your hands oh. like, yeah, like... <laughs> well speaking of being out in the wild in the wilderness luke you hosted a mushroom walk recently how'd it go yeah it was awesome so the three of us when we did the episode with tim out in langley at the, the barley merchant we ended up on Tim's recommendation, going over to Locality Brewing after, And that was the best decision of the day by far. That was, like, yeah, that was yeah. great. So we, we kind of stopped in there, had a, a few tastes of some of the beer. And then we proceeded to be taken on an incredible tour of the property, which, you know, consists of a lot of, of film sets and some really unique structures. Um, but I, I mentioned they appreciated me sharing my IMD page when we were doing that tour. Like, I don't know. I thought it was timely, but I, I haven't got any callbacks. So <laughs> don't expect any either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we were on this tour, I mentioned to to Mel, this would be an awesome place for for little guided mushroom walk. And just because they have like they have quite a bit of land and there's so many diverse little habitats through there. So they got like, there's a, yeah, there's a little creek that goes into a little pond that freezes over in the winter. And like, yeah. yeah. And some cottonwood stands that they planted, some fields. So just like really cool diversity of habitats. So I pitched that to them and we kind of, you know, slowly put it together over the course of the last six months and we put together an event called malt and mushrooms and it was just like a, a super informal mushroom walk there was about 20 20 or so people maybe a little more and we just kind of wandered through and picked some stuff up and i kind of taught everybody anything i could and that was all followed by a a little display where we kind of laid out everything that we found i labeled everything and then there were some some light snacks and and a beer included with your ticket price but it was awesome like there was i think it was one of the first mornings after we had like a couple you know the first days of frosty minus minus cold, one man. minus two overnight <laughs> so i was kind of skeptical and a little bit bummed in the morning because it you know as soon as the frost hits the mushroom diversity is well first of all they kind of melt when they thaw but it kind of marks the end of the season but I mean, it was still early enough. Just a couple nights of frost isn't going to kill it. And we ended up finding quite a diversity of stuff. So I, I still have to, I still owe Andrew and Mel a list of what we found. And if you're listening to this, and if you haven't received that list from me yet, I promise it's coming. But I, if I remember correctly, we probably found between, you know, 30 or 40 different species there. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. Like some really some really some common stuff that's really cool but also some stuff that i i don't see very often and and just a lot of a lot of neat things and just the feedback we got i think people were super stoked on it and i chatted with mel afterwards as well and we're gonna 
we plan on making it a, an annual thing. So if that sounds like something y'all are interested in, keep your eyes peeled. Probably sometime in the summer again, we'll announce uh, a date for, for fall 2024. Yeah. If you want to come hang out with a bunch of fun guys and gals, then, hey. uh, you know, go on out locality. I got to say as, as someone who's never done a mushroom walk before, like it, it was a really cool experience. And, and Luke kind of you know, he's like downplaying, I think, how how cool it was. But he says like, oh, we've, you know, a lot of them are common species. But like to someone who is not a mushroom nerd or like amateur mycologist, whatever you want to coin it, to me, like all this stuff looks kind of rare. Like I'm looking at all this stuff, I'm like, I can't believe half this stuff like grows on our planet. So <laughs> and, and and just you know, you, you go around uh, like a, a couple different tree stumps and you're, you're looking around and next thing you know, you see five or six different things. And to me, they all look so different, but it's, it was actually just amazing how many different mushrooms that were on one air in one, like fairly, I don't know, contained area. Like it just seemed every time we went another 10 feet, there was something different. So to me, it was really cool. And watching like people go up to Luke and him like basically provide like a 101 on what that specific mushroom was, was really neat because it just, to me, I was like, I knew, I knew that he was into it and was really knowledgeable. But when you see him like putting on basically <laughs> like an, an educational show for two hours, you're like, okay, he's, he's really, really knowledgeable. That's one of those things that I can go on and on about. And I mean, that's one of the things that got me into it in the first place was, as soon as you start kind of looking for that stuff and actually paying attention to it, you realize how much just variety and like diversity and just craziness for lack of a better term and in the coolest way possible. So, I mean, I think that's, that's how people get into it and that's why people love these walks and yeah, I'm super happy to host those and grateful to Andrew and Mel for, for uh, partnering with us and providing the space to do so. It was cool to see just the the age range of people that bought tickets and showed up as well. Like it was like some some people that were really interested in in foraging mushrooms and were kind of like in their early twenties, all the way to like people in their sixties that were like had done some foraging in the past, were knowledgeable and some that maybe weren't as knowledgeable, but everybody just seemed genuinely like really interested in the experience and Everyone was asking a lot of questions. So it was cool to just kind of sit back and observe. And in, in true Luke fashion, like it wasn't enough to just host the event, but he also had to like brand the event and come up with like a logo for the event and print. It was a pretty cool, cool flyer. Cards. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it was, it was the full, the full Luke Mickler experience. But Luke, I, I, I wanted to ask you how those photos that I took turn out. <laughs> Did you send them to me? The oh, they on were on my, camera. Camera. Oh, on my camera. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can tell where so there's something called autofocus that apparently <laughs> I just it's, it's really hard to understand how to use that on certain cameras. I might have been his cameras broken, but like, yeah, yeah, there were a good percentage of them were missed on the focus, I would say. <laughs> It's just a but, new species, isn't it, Chris? I mean, it's, I don't it's know, the like, fuzzy wuzzies. I think I was trying out this new like abstract photography style. Like I've been really like in, you know, in my amateur photography career, like I've just been really playing with styles and just like I've got a lot of things going on, you know, like just pulling references from different people that I just admire. And like on that day, I thought this abstract style was was yeah. probably was probably the one to try out. Just like, well, you nailed it. I don't it know, there, but yeah. I don't know if Luke was like down with it because like. 
there's a few times where, you know, he had the mushroom held up, like it was perfect, like perfect shot. And then, you know, in my brain, I was like, but that tree in the background is looking pretty cool. So like, I wanted to focus on that tree. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, you know, to just the, the kind of standard photographer, they would have been like, Oh, focus on Luke, like holding up the mushroom. But that's not I what don't we're know. here like, for. I'm pulling in the natural habitats around me. Like, it's just, you know, like you can't contain the creativity. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Chris, you're seeing beyond the subject. You're thinking beyond like, <laughs> exactly. Like I, I've written, beyond papers the background, on this. I've, I've written papers on this stuff. Like you can look it up. Like, but I don't, it was, it was just kind of like a difference of creative opinion that we had of this little back and forth after. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we, we kind of squashed it because like, it's really, it's just about the mushrooms. So it'll be in trend in five years, Chris. And uh, <laughs> then you'll release the book at that point, you know, do the tour museum exhibits. Yeah. But what was actually happening was like, I was looking at the photos. I was like, Hmm, like most of these are kind of blurry, but like Luke's kind of busy with like 20 people asking him like about a mushroom. So I probably should probably shouldn't ask him how to use his camera right now. So yeah, tough, tough scene for the tough scene for me. I'll take the L on that one. You, you know, you can't win every time, but thanks. Thanks for the All tour. good. Honestly, there were, I, I st- still haven't gone through them, like edited them and, and done anything with them but there were a handful that were were good we'll have to see if there's some ai tool to fix the focus yeah. on there for you <laughs> maybe just generate like create the whole image. experience <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like it's like in in adobe where like you can like generate like around the image right like you can keep like just like auto filling like luke's gonna just auto fill all the images i took and then he's just going to select the only the autofill section and it'll be like okay perfect just pure ai nothing <laughs> yeah. else but yeah it was it was good so look out for next year i'm looking forward to doing that again all right well let's see i mean since the last time oh, we got together i launched something new and that is a podcast series called urbanism vancouver and seven episodes and just taking a little break over the holidays here, but um, lots of great feedback. Uh, and uh, we have some exciting things coming up in the new year. So yeah. give people a little synopsis of like what the podcast about. Well, so as you guys were talking about how you get out and explore things, you, you know, start to focus in on stuff, pick up details, and then you start noticing it everywhere. And that's been kind of me in the last couple of years of just wandering around the city going, huh, <laughs> i think a lot of people have been doing like, thank you for like huh <laughs> yeah you, you know, know when, like, when you're on the bus and you go by and there's just like a group of people scratching their heads on the middle of a block yeah <laughs> that's yeah, what they're yeah, doing yeah. like yeah like just even just walking in my neighborhood i'm like this just makes no sense how did it end up like this and just certain designs things certain codes and stuff so i'm not entirely sure how she came up in my twitter feed but helen louie she's a housing developer here in Vancouver. And I love her rants on Twitter. Like she just lets loose just about stuff that's really bothering her with stuff around the city. But I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I've had enough with Twitter, social media in general. I've backed off of really. Was that um, when it changed to X? No, this is like even <laughs> like kind of like before then. But so I started going through profiles that I like really like to follow, but like don't follow elsewhere. And so I was signing up to their newsletters and stuff. But then I got to Helen's and there's like no website, there's no newsletter. So I just DM'd her and I'm like, hey, like I'm deleting this app. You know, do you have a newsletter? Do you have a blog? Like, you know, I just want to keep up on your your rants. We ended up getting a coffee and then I'm like, oh, I see that there's a lot more here. Do you want to do a podcast series? And she said, sure. So her and I have self-funded this. 
Uh, she's never hosted a podcast before, but you know, I gave her a bit of host training and stuff and some notes and yeah, we have seven episodes out now and it's, it's been going really well. That's awesome. Um, when do we get host training? <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron's like, these guys are a lost cause. So <laughs> this is, this is, this is the loose and wild one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The the urbanism one is way more formal, way more documentary, like a lot of sound design in there and music and stuff. Yeah. So, and it, uh, it sounds great too. And like anything that Aaron touches in, in the audio world, super slick and pro and good content. And y'all are moving quick. Seven episodes. We're, <laughs> yeah, like, only, hey, like, <laughs> we're at 22 or whatever. It's been like 35 years. <laughs> They're going to be at episode uh, 22 and we're going to just be writing out. I'll be writing out the show notes like to 23 and I'll be like, hey, Aaron, like we got to do like 10 back to back to back or like (laughs) going to laugh us now. Yeah. Yeah, All right. But uh, yeah, no. So yeah, we have a pretty big guest in the new year. So somebody at the provincial level that we're speaking to. So we have a date locked and loaded for that. So that is that is we're hitting the ground running in the new year. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. props for that man that's like a big project and i listened to the first episode and yeah it sounds sounds awesome and like really important topic yeah and like each topic like the ones th- that i personally enjoyed were the ones uh with dennis agar he used to be a consultant for translink so there was a whole episode we did with him on density how he mapped all of vancouver and like mapped out all the different areas of renters per square foot or whatever it was and then there was another episode about just like how they choose where bus lines go, where rapid transit goes. And then Kel Salem as well uh, was another great episode talking about the Sanok development that's started down by the Burrard Bridge. So just I've learned so much. And then also Michelle Sia as well, who's been writing for the Walrus about housing in Canada as well is was a really great episode. So, but I mean, all the guests are fantastic, but like, yeah, it's just, just some big hitters out of the gate and, growing and developing in the new year but thanks guys thanks for the thanks for the review and what 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 are the thoughts on breweries per square foot let's get down to the brass tacks <laughs> yeah it <laughs> seems like seems like that number is going to go down a little bit unfortunately unfortunately yeah. man yeah there's been just some some sad news with like i mean studio i'm sure everybody's heard of i mean i'm super choked because that's you know, a brewery that's close to, to me in new West. And it's a good one because it's on that, on the bike route there as well under the sky train, just sad news. But I mean, I guess that's, I was thinking about like what, what the case is and why it's, why it's happening. And I mean, there was the, I forget what news outlet did it, but maybe Vancouver sun article where they chatted with Ben Colley from, from Dagrad. And he expressed some, you know, concerns about rising costs and then you know, rising costs, not just for them, but for consumers too. And then your input costs, yeah. your rent, labor. And then if you took out CERB as well, then you gotta, you gotta pay that back. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, it's just kind of just coming in from all different angles. Yeah. And I mean, from the consumer side too, right? Like you're looking at people renewing mortgage rates and all of a sudden they have less disposable income too. So it's just kind of getting squeezed from every direction. And a lot of layoffs in various industries as well. So yeah, no, it's it's a multi pronged attack, unfortunately, to all of our small businesses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with all that to say, like holiday season, super important to support local. And if you don't want to pick up, you know, beer, like consider buying gift cards for friends that do drink beer. Consider buying merch 
most breweries have awesome merch, not just t-shirts and hats, but some of them have like candles, home decor, like create all all kinds of stuff. So like just consider supporting local breweries because I think they need it now more than ever. Yeah. And I would, I would extend that to the, just like if, even if like beer isn't your thing, like even supporting just local business because that's money into the same economy, right? That business owner might all of a sudden be doing better because of you. Thus, you know, a chain of events, spend money at a brewery, or if the end goal here is to save breweries, which is is kind of our our side of things here, it does not hurt to just support local whatever business it is, right? So yeah, do what you can. And yeah, maybe I should listen to, to my own advice here after tripping over a couple Amazon packages at the front door. <laughs> coming home I mean... Work. Yeah, it's at our building too. It's like there's Amazon packages every single day. Yeah, well, and and I've signed off every show I've done with Support Your Local for for 20 years now. And and I live by that. And I swung by New West the other day to visit Luke and the Reno there and dropped off a little local Christmas gift. But yeah, um, that's quite the demolition scene you got down on there, Luke. So. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to call it like, oh, it looks great. It's almost done. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, I was just like, I was like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, this is nice. I'm like, and then then we start going up the stairs. I'm like, oh yeah, it looks like you got this leveled out now. It's all good, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, there is no kitchen, <laughs> like there's no there's no range, there's no sink, there's no. It's like, a far cry there. from the far cry from the barbecue days from from the summer when we were over there, Aaron. Yeah, just to paint you a word picture here, listener, <laughs> there is literally like a kind of open concept room with a plug for where the stove outlet should go and then a drain out of the ground where the sink should go and there's nothing there it's like just, super, it's it's like it, when you take open concept too far yeah <laughs> and then it's luke minimalist and then luke, extreme luke and yeah, brooke but, realize what they're doing they're like oh we're going to open concept and they're like you know what let's just split our bedroom in half let's put start putting walls up yeah <laughs> yeah downstairs is closed concept <laughs> we're yeah it's gonna be a kind of a, a space of 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 much contrast <laughs> open up top close down below but yeah but it's, your paint uh, job looked nice oh thank you i'm i I'm going to have to repaint all of that by the time we're said and done. I It's funny because when we moved in, painting is like the first thing I did. And then we tore the place apart. <laughs> and every day I put in like a good, you know, 15 inch gouge in the wall just from moving something. <laughs> so, <laughs> that first oh, paint man. before you tore everything out was the practice run. Yeah. You're like, oh, so, <laughs> so just, this is Home Depot. You know, that's when you go to Brooke and be like, this is what it's going to look like. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> like five years from now luke is just like on the he's just killing it on the home depot like rental rental reward points right now they're like he comes in like every two months asking for to rent scaffolding and they're just like dude how many how many projects do you have on the go he's like same house just one same just one apartment um the guy at home depot's like we didn't even think that anybody would actually punch all 12 holes on the paint thing in a month but like (laughs) yeah yeah. i paint then i renovate then i paint then i renovate then we (laughs) deconstruct and rebuild deconstruct and rebuild home depot should have a rent to own program Uh, oh, but yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but I don't know. I think we're kind of in the start putting stuff back together phase, which is nice, but 
I don't know, I've kind of, at the beginning of this whole project, we kind of kept setting these deadlines and then we kept getting disappointed that we weren't meeting them. So there's a sense of freedom when you let go of that and realize you're going to be out of there for the foreseeable future, which I'm sure if my in-laws are listening to this episode, (laughs) they probably won't like me hearing about that sense of freedom. (laughs) But no, we, we are super stoked that we're, you know, amazingly lucky enough to have a place to, to come to and, and, and spend our time. So we're, yeah, we're living with, with Brooke's parents at the moment. So super grateful for that. Otherwise I, yeah, we'd just be cooking food just in the plug of the, the, the <laughs> just a couple forks and some steak resting on the forks. Or it's just barbecues every night, man, because that's, that's oh, the only place yeah. that's not touched is barbecues yeah, and yeah. just a tent on the patio. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, I got to ask what, what speed, what speed dating app were you guys using for contractors? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like you guys were swiping a lot and it was like, you know, they're hitting you in the DMs, they're hitting you in the DMs and then they're a couple. He sounds like he was using Fumble. Yeah. I don't know. A couple yeah. back and forth and then they're just leaving you on red, man. Like uh, what's going on? Yeah. yeah we like have... I've, I've heard there's more contractor success on the app Timber. But, uh... <laughs> That's actually, yeah, I think you got something there, Aaron. Um, <laughs> Timber. Oh, oh my God. Actual hinge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just keeps going. <laughs> but they're I'm here just, all night. They're just like one night stands. So you got to like, you got to piece together your whole job with like 40 different contractors that just come for three hours at a time. They were- <laughs> We need the walls done today. Let's go on timber. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you got to take the contractor out to dinner first. (laughs) Hey, so Luke, why don't you um, plug the app name? What? (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, God. uh, You know what? Though I'd like, I'm so sick of reno stuff. Like, I'll, I'll scroll through, through like the TikTok feed. And honestly, like, when a reno video comes up, I'm just like, I just get this like shot of anxiety and shudder and just scri- <laughs> skip past. Like, I don't want to see somebody mudding a wall anymore or, or like installing. Have a, you put a say, parental lock on your in-laws TV to the, like the home improvement yeah. network, you know, so you just don't <laughs> yeah. land on it when you're scrolling channels. Yeah. Just PTSD when he gets to HGTV, just, <laughs> it's just showing a crew, like rebuilding, <laughs> showing a crew rebuilding a house in like five days. And Luke's like that's, trying to oh, get yeah. one that's, wall put up. Oh my that's, God. That's yeah. Luke's torture right there. It's like that scene from clockwork orange, but only it's the, you know, the home improvement <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shows. Just... Well, remember extreme makeover home edition where they would literally build like a 45,000 square foot, not even like a 4,500, like palaces in six days. And these dwellings, they were not small dwellings. They would have to pull yeah. up like six coach buses to block this thing from the owner's oh, yeah. view. Remember that reveal scene where they- The like, reveal scene was the best. I watched that every Sunday with my parents. And like, you just yeah, wait yeah. for, you wait for, yeah. uh, what was his name? Ty? Ty. Ty something. Yeah, you just yeah. wait for Ty to yell, move that bus. 
<laughs> I'm just picturing like one of your like 10 different contractors just like pulling their like van, their, their like old Chevy van out of the way in front of your house and it just looks the exact yep. same. <laughs> Chris, okay, we, we, we should do this now when Luke and finally finishes this reno. We'll surprise him and Brooke with just go you know, with a bus just parked outside yeah, yeah. the condo and just say move yeah. that bus. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Except with our luck, the driver just backs it through the wall they just put up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call up like West Coast Tours or something like that. I'm just going to be like, hey, guys, like, I mean, I know you don't, <laughs> I know you don't go- normally go out to like explore the new West like key, but like, come on down. We, we've got a we got a bit of a, a diversion experience for you. And we just pull up. And like, there's like 40 people just sitting on the balcony of that bus. Like, why are we here? All right, everybody on the count of three. (laughs) They're like, I don't even know what I'm hammering. The interior designers are just like throwing paint everywhere. There's like, ah. That's pretty much what happened. Like, there's a whole documentary about like how shoddy those houses are built. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet. Is is there actually a documentary about that? Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that. I got, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get that. The name of that one. Um, I can only imagine though, because there's there's no way there's time to do things like y- even just like drywall mud waiting for it to dry takes like three yeah, days. Yeah, and then slap paint on it. It's <laughs> like, yeah. walls were all wet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wet wall. <laughs> that was bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like no, that? like in this documentary, like they just they talked about like like the unintended consequences of like that home improvement show, right? Was so you come in, it's a family hard economic times, you know, like they've lost a loved one or something like that. Right. And so like, they are really struggling. So they, so you see this as a great, nice deed. Problem is, is they renovated these house and, and they add like two stories to their house, you know, but then their property tax goes through the roof <laughs> because they have like, <laughs> like oh. because it's just, and, and then like, then they had this kid. He's like, well, you like reptiles? Here's a whole like <laughs> pet store full of like reptiles. Yeah. And it's like, I'm taking great, care. Now you have like a whole wall full of like snakes and alligators and shit that you need to feed. Like, <laughs> It was just like a worse vi- version of Pimp My Ride. Like at least in Pimp My Ride, there was only like one fish tank in the car. But here there's like yeah. fucking 20 fish tanks and the walls are all wet. Yeah, I found a YouTube video of this car collector guy and he came across this eBay listing recently and he and it was an old pimp my ride no. car that somebody just wanted to get rid of. And he and he went down to Florida and got it and like restored it. Oh. So like, yeah. That's awesome that like uh, <laughs> pimp my ride is old enough now that you could buy that yeah. car and restore, and restore it to its or- original restore. pimp my ride condition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want the OG pimp my ride condition. Oh. Well, it's, it yeah, becomes like, like a it's like a movie uh, relic, right? It's like a memorabilia. Yeah, well, because it was oh, because like this is like in that is it's in that weird phase where everything was still analog and not quite digital. So like he has to seek out like these specific speaker amplifiers to make oh. everything run because like that's not all digital. So like, the one that yeah. killed me so much was like when they put. There's an episode where someone was like, it, they based the whole vehicle restoration around like one tidbit of information from the person too, right? So this one person was like, I think they mentioned like, oh, I like, I like to snowboard. And they're like, all right, we're all in on snowboarding. We're going X Games mode on this car. 
they put this like snow machine on the top of their car. We're like, okay, <laughs> sweet. They like live in LA. Like what? Like sick. Like yeah. downtown LA, just like whipping out the snow machine. Like that's that's perfect. Replaced then, all the seats with chairlifts. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And then they give them a snowboard, but it's not any snowboard. In the nose of the snowboard is a small LED monitor. So as they're going up the chairlift, they can watch TV sideways. Yeah. Oh, man. Geez. I just wanted to watch, you know, wanted to watch that latest episode of Fear Factor as I was going up the chairlift for five minutes. Well, and so so the car that he found was this pink like Chevy van mm. that it was all denim interior and it was a make your own bead station and it had like a disco floor. Oh, in it. my like, God. Like, <laughs> there was one, honestly, like. So every time they restored their like shady cars, but there, I remember one episode where the car was so bad, like it somehow had been like almost broken in half. Like the, the actual frame and the chassis was like held together by, I, I kid you not, there was pieces of gum, like dried gum. <laughs> you said you liked gum? <laughs> we made- <laughs> Well, dog, you got dried gum. Or like dry weld. <laughs> that was a good pun. I know. Um, Christmas, I have the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. So do I. Okay, like the fake one? Canadian Tire Special, right? No, 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 no. It's legit branded. Like, it's not a real tree. It's, it's. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But I got mine at Canadian Tire. Okay. And does it come with Linus's blanket that goes around the base? Yep. Do you have it set up currently? I do not. Okay. Well, you need, you know what you need to do tomorrow. So we have this tree and we have about. 10 ornaments on it and it's got about six branches so it's not a no it's not a charlie brown christmas tree then it's only meant to have the one red ball Hmm. well we have the okay well we have the red ball that came with it but like we've added (laughs) other ornaments on top of it because we don't have another tree so it's just like slowly leaning and about to fall over but it was a great white elephant gift that nobody wanted at work and i just put my hand up i'm like what are you guys doing like who cares about the bottle of kalua like we have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree here that needs to be adopted. I I've never seen this thing. I'm just I just googled it and it's okay. Wait, it's kind of it's. Sec. I like that. That's cool. You you guys are actually not going to see this. So <laughs> <laughs> where's the tree? <laughs> yeah, exactly, but it's got such specific ornaments. Like Sabrina has this passport one that her friend gave her. We've got this weird cowboy boot that our friend Amy gave us that looks awesome. It's like a homemade cowboy boot with like an eye on it. Yeah. This I think is is from this might be from Mexico City. It's like a it's like a legit crafted ornament. We've got all kinds of things here. The rest are completely yeah, I mean, illegitimate. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how uh, describing your uh, ornaments on audio for people is just as descriptive as your beer descriptions. So I mean at least we have maybe more descriptive, honestly. We should we start a Christmas ornament podcast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got at least twenty two episodes of that, like guaranteed. There's twenty two just on that Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> do yeah, one episode per ornament and then and then that's it. Limited series. So uh Chris you're you're, uh, you're kind of like everybody else at the moment. You know, we talked you talked about your Amazon packages and stuff, but there's just this continuing theme this time of year that everybody starts stressing because they're anticipating something, they're waiting for it. They keep hitting refresh. It just says, you know, like label uh, created, um, you know, sent to distributor. Uh, it's at the distribution facility Out for delivery. Uh, 
Yeah, but but we're not out for no. delivery just yet. But but you're expecting you're expecting a new arrival here, basically any hour. Yeah, and I would just say like support local. Like this is as local as it gets, right? It's like <laughs> <laughs> just like home homegrown, uh, yeah, homegrown. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like I don't know. To, any day, I yeah, I Sabrina could be popping out our our son. So. Yeah, we're just kind of like <laughs> we're just kind of like waiting Such for a lovely casual. way to say yeah, that. Yeah, pop, popping out the sun. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like we almost kind of like live at the hospital now because we're just going in for, you know, so many appointments and OB appointments and all all these things as as you do once it comes closer to to the due date. So, I think we're at the the stage where we're just really excited to to meet our son and everything's set up. Has it sunk in for you yet? I don't know. Like, I think yes, but then also, also I'm like, well, I'm going to have probably a lot of, a lot less free time on my hands. Kind of like it, Sabrina and I were talking about this. It was, it's, it's, you're, you're both excited and also sad because it's the sad of like your life is just, you know, just, just a couple and like kidless living that dink life as, as a lot of people know where you can kind of just do what you want any any given day and it, it's kind of sad that that's ending but then also we're really excited to to meet our son and become parents so i don't know it's this weird like i mean luke you can probably attest to this like it's it's just this weird kind of state of confusion where like you're kind of balancing both of those feelings but we we had my brother come over and and my nephew come over and help set up the crib the other day and it was really funny because like cam and i thought we were like gonna get this thing set up in like i don't know 10 minutes because he has literally the same crib at home that is currently set up for <laughs> for my niece but of course it, it didn't take you know 15 minutes this probably still took us an hour and every time we got to the next step we're like all right gr- you know grab the next the next piece and this is probably one of the more simple Ikea builds too. But every time we looked to find like the next bolt, my nephew Colin had like hidden it somewhere in the room. So we're just like, like I, I went into it thinking, I'm like, oh, Colin's going to help. Like he'll be our little helper. And he was just like hiding stuff. And like <laughs> we'd lose, we'd lose one of those like shitty little Ikea wrenches. And then it was like Colin playing with it in the other room. And we had to kind of like, convince him to give us the wrench and be like yeah you just play with this other thing for a second we actually need this to build this 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 crib but we eventually got it set up so we're all dialed in and yeah we're just waiting for could could be any day now i have a golf tee time on sunday with my younger brother cole yeah so it better not be sunday i like i've been i've been literally thinking about i i I literally have been thinking about like i'm gonna be you know on the ninth hole and and get that call and like frantically get in the car if you're on the green when you get that call will you still finish the putt well you know this is actually i think a a positive luke i'm glad you bring this up because you know there's a certain there's a certain distance when you're on the green where, where it's a gimme right it's like anything kind of within one golf club range like oh no I'm, range I'm talking is, like is, i'm talking like 15 golf clubs out <laughs> well, no, th- this is what I'm getting to. Okay. Like, so I think if I'm on the green and I get a message or call a text from Sabrina saying like, Hey, like, I think things are happening and that putt could be 45 feet away. But, you know, if I say to my brother Cole, Hey, like 
we got to go. Like, is it, is it good? Like, he's got to give it to me at that point, right? He's got to give me that putt. Like, what? Like, you can't tell a guy who's like about to like go pick up his wife in labor that like he can't have that 45 foot putt for birdie, par, eagle, whatever that is. Like, he's got to give me that putt. You so, know what you got to do? You got to. What, what, what's, no, what, what's going to happen, Luke, is I'm going to get that message on the fairway, or like in the fairway, and I'm going to wait to tell Cole about it when I get on the green. Right. So like you don't say it until you've got that really like maybe you kind of miss hit your miss hit your iron shot. You wait to tell him that until you're on the green and then you get that like automatic birdie. Meanwhile, back at the house with Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is Sabrina listening yeah, to Aaron, you say all this? this? Don't publish this podcast until after the kid's born. Like that's kind Correct. of our little <laughs> I'm never going to get a golf again. You just need one of those extendable paint sticks, which I have. You can borrow if you want. It extends out to about 25 or 30 feet and just attach a golf club head to the end of it. Anything within 30 feet is a golf club's length away. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, putter length. Right? <laughs> <laughs> also, explain this to me. If, if anything within a golf club's length is a gimme, why don't they just scrap that whole gimme thing and just make the hole a lot bigger i'd be more inclined to golf if the hole was the size of like <laughs> the hole is the size pool. of the green you're just hitting yeah, it into how, a crater then how many how many hole in one like rounds of drinks would everybody buy like that's everybody the thing would just, yeah it's just not just, it's not in these economic times luke you're wanting people to just be buying rounds and buying rounds. Every time you go go golfing, you just have to buy like 50 people around. Well, if that logic, yeah. they're going to make the hole smaller. <laughs> it doesn't even fit in one golf ball. <laughs> it's like a carnival game. Like. <laughs> Hello, future Aaron here. So shortly after we finished taping this episode, Chris and Sabrina welcomed their little one into the world. So congrats to them. And, uh, yeah, Chris never made his tea time. So what's our moment of wisdom here, Luke, for this episode? Well, I think to go back to just the, the housing stuff and the, and the condo saga, I think my, my word of wisdom, and it's, it's more so now because the market's cooled off a bit, but anybody who's, uh, able to, and purchasing a home, get an inspection. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you guys didn't get an inspection? No, I mean the. I mean, Chris, you're you're just going through this now, but like, what do you inspect in an, an apartment? Though. You did though, yeah. And I mean, I, mean, I applaud you for that. And but um, <laughs> so our place, part of the part of the stuff that's holding us back is we have a couple leaks coming out of the roof, which I mean sucks. But I mean, in the end, it's also thank God it's a strata, and that it's you know everybody's pitching in for our leaks. <laughs> Which also means I'll be pitching in for other people's leaks, but they wouldn't have caught that in an inspection, though, right? Like a wet nah, wall. They, might they have. probably wouldn't have caught that. They might have. They might have just gave that a pass. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's funny that we we had this this going on because we so our our old condo in U.S. We still have some mail going there, uh, which reminds me, I need to log into some stuff and, and change addresses. But we Don't went. Do that now. We went to pick up. I, Should I, we stop? Do you want to do that now? Yeah, we went. We went back to see some friends in the building, and also to pick up some of the mail from our old unit. 
And at the time we just found out about the leaks and I was kind of, you know, bummed out. I was like, shit, did we buy into a lemon? Oh God. Like, what did we do? Our old place was so perfect. You know, we had it renoed to the way we like it and it was a good building. And as soon as we get into the elevator at our old place, there was notice on the elevator wall about a special levy. So we asked our friends who we went to see, we're like, what's, what's going on? What's this levy about? And they said, oh, the roof's leaking. The building needs a new roof. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, and what would that have cost per unit? Well, that's the thing is like, you, sure. you're not, you're not getting out of it anywhere. Right. Everybody's dealing yeah. with this shit, especially when it's raining, like, you know, yeah. 20 feet of water in one afternoon these days, there's, you're going to deal with it sooner or later. I think we're lucky in the sense that we didn't get stuck with a new roof on the old place and on the new place. <laughs> so <laughs> the way I look at it, we're, you know, we're good with one. <laughs> so Chris, this is a true story. So like yeah, you sh Luke's showing me the leaks and stuff and, you know, explaining all that. And then about 20 minutes later in our conversation, he goes, Oh, by the way, our neighbors are moving out. You should buy their place. And I'm like, you just told me the roof needs to be redone. <laughs> oh. oh, he's just like, I know this guy's good for it. <laughs> He'll pay the levy. <laughs> it's like a, a multi-level marketing scheme hey, to get a new yeah. roof on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the like, pyramid scheme. Everyone, they're like, all right, you got to sell eight shingles tonight. <laughs> You've been watching too many Netflix documentaries, man. You're getting some bad habits. <laughs> oh, shit. Speaking of documentaries, Brooke and I have been on some some good cult documentaries. I don't know if y'all have seen them. Yeah, I recently, yeah. I was literally just thinking of that cult documentary. Which one? The dating one. The Twin Flames? The Twin Flames. Yeah. They're like, all right, so the ex that you have a restraining order against, they're actually your twin flame and you're going to really need to pursue them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you, you thought that one was messed up? You got to watch um, what it's on Crave. Uh, <laughs> Twin love, Flame squared. Love has won. You got to watch Love has won. These multi level, it's multi level it's marketing like scheme and the cult. There, there's so many of them, and they're like the religious ones are are really creepy. But like even the non religious ones are just man. You just feel for the people that get caught up in them. Like oh yeah, it just gets so so bad. It's Just crazy. So, so yeah. But watch, watch Love Has One on Crave. It's a HBO one. It is mind boggling to say the least. We got one that I watched recently. I haven't been on the cult tip. I've kind of been on the music documentary and other. The Millie Vanilli documentary was actually really, really good. If you don't know the story about them, this is a good crash course. But, and then over on Apple, the Pigeon Tunnel was fantastic as well but that was that's jean le carrier documentary about him the writer for tinker taylor soldier spy mm -hmm. so it was weird because he didn't really answer any questions <laughs> um so the documentary filmmaker was trying to find out about his life but he was he's such a good spy and intelligent agent in that manner that he just skirted the questions and didn't really so <laughs> it ends up being a, a very, documentary about the guy that's asking the question <laughs> kind of yeah like, he he like he's like actually around, yeah. i'm documenting you pal <laughs> yeah all right well hey guys another year we're down it's great to see you and best of luck chris with uh what's about to happen so yeah and luke i mean hopefully you're living in your own place soon next so. year <laughs> next year yeah that, that's kind of a given at this point I, but yeah. who will move into their place first 
Sabrina and I in our new place or Luke? I think you guys. We're, we're taking <laughs> think, we're yeah. taking bets because yeah. our moving date is <laughs> January 25th. Oh yeah, I'm betting against us for sure. You're betting against you. Okay. I yeah no that's a guarantee. Like yeah yeah. All right, guys. Have Sweet. a good one. Hey, eh? have fun. Be yeah, safe. good right, seeing y'all. Have a good night. Support your local. <laughs>